I said, we're getting ready for the word. Without his word, you guys, how can we live? How can we have faith? How can we keep pushing on? This morning, I pray for our hearts, that our hearts will get ready to receive. Not just hear sounds and words, but to receive rhema. Rhema is when the word goes past just the word, and the supernatural revelation of God is put on that word so that that word can bring forth fruit in our lives. And so this morning, I'm praying for that rhema word to just go inside of our spirits. There's a word for everybody. You know, sometimes we look at the title or something, and we're like, that's not what I needed today. No, that's not true. The word goes to every, only God can do that. He can take one word and make it for everybody. And so this morning, we open our hearts to receive the word that is for all of us. My word. Everybody say, let me receive my word. In Jesus' name, rhema word. Bring life to the word for my spirit today. So we'll call up Apostle David this morning. Thank God for the man of God. In Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and pray. Just, just go before the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you right now for this day that you've given us, Lord. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your long-suffering, all those things that you continue to extend to us, Lord, as your people, Lord. As, even as we go through our ups and downs, our struggles, Lord, you're right there. Lord, and you still, your, your word says your arm is not short, that it cannot save, and your ear is not dull. Lord, so we thank you, God, that we can come before you, and we can, we can call upon your name. And we ask you, Father, to be in the midst of, hallelujah, this time as we dig into your word. Let us hear, give us the ear to hear what your spirit is saying. Lord, let us not assign it to somebody else, Lord. But help us to receive it unto ourselves, hallelujah, that we may be challenged, Lord, that we may be encouraged, that we may grow. In you, Lord, and walk in the way that you've called us to walk, Lord. We, I pray blessings over each and every one that's here, for those that are online, God. Lord, that you would just speak to us by your spirit. Yes. Have your way right now. We yes. give you the glory and the honor. Move me out of the way. Yes. Lord, and you be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Be seated, amen. We release the children to their classes. Oh, it's just such a... A blessing to be in the kingdom of God. Amen. Because, you know, I think about all the things that, you know, we witness and we see, amen, and all the people, amen, that we, we encounter knowing that all of them aren't in the kingdom. All of them haven't really made a commitment, amen, unto the Lord. You know, so we, I count it a privilege to be a part of God's kingdom. How about you? Amen. That he, he thought enough about me Amen. when I was still running crazy to say, come unto me, right. to draw me to himself. Amen. Not, not because of anything good in me. Right. Amen. Because <laughs> there wasn't none. Amen. But because of his grace, his mercy, his plan and his purpose that he had, you know, and still has for my life. How about you? 
Amen. He's got a plan for each and every one of us. Amen. So as we look into this word this morning, just let the Lord speak to your heart. Amen. That we might receive all that he's got for us. Amen. We thank him for another day. But, you know, in today's society, you know, we come to be a people. And I'm talking about globally, but a lot here in the USA, we become a people that have no problem passing judgment. On others. <laughs> Amen. You know, those, those who don't fit into our box, and you know, they don't necessarily hold the same set of values that we hold. You know, so we're, we're living, you know, in an age, this age where we see the cancel culture all around us. Amen. Politically, socially, man, people are, you know, just being canceled on every hand, losing their place in the who's who. You know, being, you know, brought down and, and, you know, because they don't meet and agree with somebody else's opinion. Uh Amen. They're being canceled because of things that happened far in their past. You know, they're just being, and when I say canceled, man, they're they're being taken off the roster. Amen. Amen. Their, Their social media is being shut down. You know, their name is being defamed. Amen. All that they've worked for, amen, is at risk because somebody else disagrees with them, amen. Somebody else has a different opinion or, you know, they, you know, and all these different movements that we have going. And it's going on and on and on, you know, but it's not just the secular side that, that's, that we see these things in. It's not just those that's unsaved. You know, when we stop and think about it, the church also, amen, has practiced the cancel culture. Amen, in its own form and in its own way, amen, and it's been going on for a long time. I think the church has been at it for longer than a lot of people in the world. If I could just be, just be real with y'all this morning, amen, you, you know how Christians are, we can cancel folk out in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. I mean, because they maybe they don't, they're not as spiritual as you. I mean, you don't agree with their lifestyle or their opinion or this, that, or the other. We'll, we'll cancel them out. We, we, you know, we've heard people, I'm talking about saved people, say things like, they're dead to me. You can't cancel nobody more than that. You know, they're dead to me. I ain't got time for me, man. And, and see, we got to recognize that's not, that's not God's plan. That's not his, his desire, amen, but we do it, amen, we'll, we'll cancel people because they're in a different denomination. Right. Or maybe the same denomination, but they just do things different than they do at, at your church. Yeah. They dress different, amen, they, they, they have a different, you know, approach to how they bring the word. Amen. And we'll, we'll cancel them out, amen, and say, well, you need to come to my and get saved. You need to come over here. We don't know what y'all are doing over there. But you need to come over here, amen. And, 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 and the problem is, amen, that, you know, the church has been taught or allowed to do these things. From the pulpit. From leadership in a lot of situations, amen. If they don't do it like we do, they ain't saved. If they don't baptize like we baptize, they ain't saved. You know, and we, we, we have all this going on 
And it's been going on since I've been in the church. Amen. Since I got saved, amen. And, you know, if you weren't in this denomination or you didn't dress this way or you didn't cut your hair this way and you, you just all these, these stipulations according to man's understanding. We, 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 we'll cancel them out. We'll say, I ain't got nothing to do with you. We'll cut them off. You know, we'll, 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 you know how they used to say back in the day, we, we'll treat them with a long-handled spoon. You know, we're not going to get too close to them because, and this is the thing that used to get me, we act like it's going to rub off. You know, if they, they sin and it might rub off on you. You know, but if, but if you really spiritual as you think you are, you should be able to go in and help them. Uh, but rather than help them, we cancel them out. And we, we, we're done with them, you know, no, 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 until they come around. You know, I, I, think, I was thinking about something I said a few weeks ago, man. You, you can't catch a fish. I mean, clean a fish before you catch it. You know, you know, we hear people say, well, they need to come to church, but they need to get themselves together and, and come on to church. How many of y'all got yourself together before you came to Christ? Anybody? I know I sure didn't. Fact of the matter is, he's still working on me. Amen? And, and we need to recognize that. But, you know, we consciously disqualify or qualify people based on our views, how we feel or our opinion about their life. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll cancel them out, amen, what they do, what they don't do. Based on our interpretation of God's word. Am I talking to anybody this morning? Trying to help us. Amen. Because, you know, we got to be so mindful about this. You know, be there right or wrong. You know, the question is this. Is that our job to do? To... Pass that judgment on them to determine their relationship with God, where they stand, not in our eyes, you know, in his in his eyes. Sometimes, you, you know, when you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? See, because when you look in the mirror, when I look in the mirror, I see the real deal because I, I know what's really going on on the inside. How about you? You know, we and said that's that's the place we got to start is being real with ourselves, examine ourselves. I think how they say, you know, examine yourself first. You know, and that's that's where we have to really go back. See, because the problem I have with this this judgment, with this cancel culture, especially in the church, because it shouldn't be. I mean, the problem I have with that, and you should have the same problem that I have with it, is that's not what Jesus did. When you watch the life of Jesus, as I watch and I read and I study the life of Jesus, what do I see? What do I see? I see him making every effort to qualify people. Not to disqualify them, but to, to bring them in, amen, and, and, and to love on them. And the woman at the well, he could have disqualified her. You done had five husbands, and now you live with one that's not your husband. I'm done with you. Next. 
You know, the, the woman that's caught in the very act. He looked, he, uh, he dealt with the crowd, you know, to check their hearts. And then what did he do? He said, well, yep, but you're wrong. You, you're going down. He said, woman, where are your accusers? He encouraged her and he said, you ought to go and sin no more. He didn't cancel her. He, he, he reached her. I mean, and the list goes on and on and on. The lepers, amen. People we don't want to touch. Oh, and I could, I could lay some things out there that we don't, Christians don't want to touch that. Don't want to go there. You know, but he didn't just, you know, look at the lepers and say, well, you should have, you should have been where you was. But what did he do? He touched them. Not just emotionally or spiritually. He laid his hands on them and healed them. And, and, and as, as the one, amen, that came back, he said he made him whole. Because he came back and said, thank you. You know, so I, I, I think about this whole thing, amen. Jesus did not go about, I mean, he, he spent his life making a way to qualify us when we were disqualified. Making a way, amen, all the way to the cross, making a way, amen, that, that we could be brought in, amen, to redeem us from our lost and dying souls. To redeem us, amen, when... When we couldn't pay the price, he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. I think about, you know, when he, even when he went into the to synagogue and he seen them selling doves and changing money and all that. You know, and, and the scripture said he turned over the tables, amen, and he, he, he whipped them and drove them out with a, a cord. He had a little whip. He said, there, made it. But he ran them out, but he didn't condemn them. He condemned their actions. He said, don't turn my father's house into a den of thieves. Because he's, he's making a way, amen, that we can come in where we as a people, and, and I'm generalizing quite broadly, but we say, get qualified and then come see me. Get right and then come see me. Line up with my standards, my agenda, my way of thinking, and then come see me. It's amazing, amen. Jesus is, I'll say God, he's, he's not even on the judgment seat yet. He's still meeting out grace and mercy and long suffering. He's still saying, come unto me. Amen. All you that are labor and are heavy. He said, I know you got struggles. I know you got issues. Just bring them. Cast all your cares on me because I care for you. That's what his scripture is telling us. That's what the Bible teaches us. Amen. But now that we have received and we got our own dosage of spirituality and righteousness, we begin to look down our nose at others. Who ain't there yet. Jesus never did that. Even when they brought the woman before him, amen. The scripture said he stooped on the ground and start writing. I like to think about it. he got down to her level. Huh? And told all them ones, amen, he that is without sin, 
cast the first stone. And the scripture said it began from the, the eldest to the youngest to walk away. Wonder why the, the old folk left first. They knew. And I, I, I would submit to you that their list was longer than some of them that ain't been around as long as them. So they had to check themselves. Say, you know what? I can't say I'm without sin because I know where I was last night. I know who I swindled last week. You know, and, and, and so we, we have to start there because what he forced them to do was to examine themselves first. It's easy to point at somebody else. It's easy to highlight somebody else's sin. You ever been in a conversation with somebody and they're quick to throw somebody else under the bus? <laughs> Usually that's to keep, them, keep you from looking in their closet. If I can get you to focus on them, we'll focus on them, and I'm safe. But no, that's not how Jesus did it. That's not what he's calling for us. So I want you to think about what I'm saying, amen, that we've got to check how we see others. Save the unsaved. In the church or out of the church, we've got to check and see how we see others amen how we we deal with them amen because you know we we quick to be ready to kick somebody out the kingdom amen. right amen. <laughs> see but what we really need to do is take a page out of jesus's book uh-huh. literally the bible <laughs> take some pages out of his book amen and and, and see how he dealt with right. everybody how he dealt with each and every one of them, man. Because we need to be like him. So this is why I just want to speak to you from the topic, let them grow. Let them grow. Tell somebody next to you, let them grow. Now tell that same person, let me grow. Because while they're growing, uh-huh. you growing. Uh-huh. I'm growing. We, 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 we still, the, 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 I'm going to show you something here, but we're still in our growth process. Amen. We're still in our, our, our spiritual growth, amen, to, to get to a place, amen, to where we can love and we can forgive and we can accept and we can have compassion like Jesus did. That we can, amen, humble ourselves, amen, to be able to help somebody that we feel is lesser than we are. We've got to ask ourselves these things. So I want you to follow along with me as I read this parable out of the Matthew the 13th. And then I'm, I want to explain the difference in this parable and, and one of the other places Jesus spoke about the harvest. Amen. Being white and ready. But in Matthew, Matthew 13, Starting to verse 24 said, and another parable set he forth unto them saying, the kingdom of heaven, what did he say? The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which soweth good seed in his field. But while he slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought Forth fruit, there appeared to be tares among them. 
I see a tear is like a weed. <laughs> no, it's not productive. You know, and actually it can be destructive. So he said there were tares among them. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Now pay attention what the master said. But he said unto them, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. He said, No, leave them alone. In case you go out there and you start pulling up what you think is the tear. And you be uprooting and destroying the wheat. Say, you leave them alone. Look what he said. Let both grow together until the harvest. Say it again. Let them grow. Let them grow. Don't mess with them. Right? So we look around and we see the harvest. He said, leave them tares alone. Quit messing with them. Don't worry about them. Yeah. And we're going to see why as we get on. But he said, leave them alone. Amen. Until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, look what he said. I will say to the reapers. And I, that, that word reaper kind of got my attention when I was going through it. Because, you know, we, we, we think about the, the grim reaper. He said, but he said, I'll say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. He said, in other words, when it comes time for this harvest, I'll tell the reapers what to do. I'll tell them when to do it. I'll decide when it's time for the separating to take place. It's not up to you. It's not up to anybody. I will tell my reapers when to do the separating. But see, we as people, we're too busy trying to do his job. Trying to separate, trying to decide, is you a weed or is you a tear? But we, we really need to be figuring out, is I a wheat? Or is I a tear? See, that's what we really need to be figuring out. Because the thing is, the two of them are hard to tell the difference. Unless you really know. If you hold up a, a wheat and a, a grain of a, a stock of a tear together, unless you really know, they look the same. <laughs> you know, the, the, I, I was looking at this one um, definition, and it had pictures of the two of them. They looked the same, but there was one distinct difference. And if you don't pay attention, you, you can miss it. The, the tear stands up straight and tall. The tear, arrogant, on its own. But when you look at the stalk of wheat that's mature, yes. it bends down humbly. Yeah. 
But see, if the wind's blowing, if you're shaking things up, you may not notice the difference. And, and, and you you pulling up something that God ain't done with yet. So we got to begin to ask ourselves, why am I so busy trying to do his job? Why am I so busy trying to decide who's what and where they belong? Help us, Lord. See, we're looking at this harvest that he's talking about. So, I, you know, I, I want you to know there's a distinct difference between the two harvests, amen, that he's, Jesus speaks about. See, because if you look at this parable, it's very clear. But when you look at when he's speaking, let's go over to John. I want to show you the difference here. John, the fourth chapter, starting at verse number 32. You know, it's repeated also in the ninth chapter of Matthew, but I like the discourse here in John. It says, starting at verse 32, but he said unto them, see, because this was, this was right after he had spoken to the woman at the well, the Samaria, and his, his disciples were gone to get food, and they came back just as he was finishing his conversation, and they wondered, why is he talking to this woman? You know, so they had that conversation, then they offer him the food, and look what he says unto them. But he says unto them, I have meat to eat that ye know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, hath any man brought him aught to eat? And Jesus said unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. This is what I feed on. This is what feeds me. Doing the Father's will. He said, there are yet, I mean, say it not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he said, reap, I mean, and he that reapeth receiveth wages and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. Now see, he's talking about going out there and reaping the loss. He's talking about a harvest, amen. That being brought in for eternal life. He's talking about, you know, and, and, and receiving the reward. The reapers here receiving a reward. Amen. And he goes on saying, but, I mean, that both he and the sower and he that reapeth, he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. You know, that reminded me of the, the passage, amen. You know, one, one sows, you know, another, I mean, one plants and another waters. And God gives the increase. I mean, he, but he, he, he looks at and he goes on to say, and herein is that saying true. One soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap. Now look what he's saying. He's talking to the disciples. This is not a parable. We read the parable. This is instruction he's given to them. He's using analogies, but he's instructing them directly. He said, I, remember, he sent the 70 out. He sent them, and he sent them all out. He said, I sent you that whereon a, that ye bestow no labor, other men labor, and ye are entered into their labors. In other words, somebody else has already sown some seed. Somebody else has been watering it, and you come along and do a, little, do a little water and more. And maybe those first two people ain't seen a change in that person's life. 
But here you come with that last drop of water and blossom comes. You know, you, you, you see in the harvest, but you didn't do all the work. So he's talking to his disciples about this kind of harvest of lost souls that are all around them and all around us. The harvest is still out there. Because he goes on in the 39th verse, and many of the Samaritans of that city believed in, on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that ever I did. Yeah. Just her testimony. Yeah. People got saved. Mm. See? So I, I look at that and, and, and we see the instruction that he's given them and, and he's speaking in, and to them. Amen. And like I say, it goes along with the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3. 6 through 8, he said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is, and I want us to hear what he's saying here. He said, Apostle, I mean, Apollos planted, I watered, God gave the increase. So he said, then neither is he that planteth anything. See, sometimes we think, look what I did. You know, well, I, I broke the ground. I did the hard work. You just came along and watered it. You know, he said, neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. In other words, don't get beside yourself. Uh, don't, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Amen. So the eighth verse says, he, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. Otherwise, other words, now what does that mean? They're one. We are one in the body of Christ. And when the body's doing what it's supposed to be doing, we're one. We're not divided up by all the things that we divide ourselves up at, not in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. He said, they are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his labor. Instruction he'd given them to understand the harvest that's before them. But now let's get back to Matthew 13. The parable, you know, and, and see what Christ really meant as he explained the parable to the 12. We'll start at, at verse number 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came unto him saying, declare unto us the parable of the tares in the field. He said, explain this to us. Help us to understand this parable. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. Jesus. I'm the Son of Man. Okay? The field is the world. Now pay attention to what he's about to say. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. That's the good seed. That's us, right? When we, when we stop judging everybody, that's us. We stop canceling everybody. That's us. All right? The church. He said, it's the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. You know, those that don't want to do what God said do. The enemy that sold them is the devil. Oh, can I pay attention? The harvest is the end of the world. So what, he's, what is he talking about? He's not talking about the harvest of souls. 
to be brought into the kingdom, to be saved, that we need to be going out and reaping that harvest, amen, as he instructed his disciples. But in this parable, he's talking about the end time events, the end time harvest, the final harvest, amen, where Christ is going to come, amen, and do the separating. Amen. He said, and the reapers, look what he said, and the reapers are the angels. So wait a minute. So when, when do we get to do the separating? When do we get to do the judging? You know, he, 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 you know, cause he, he said, he didn't say that we was the reapers, but in, but in his instruction to the disciples, he was telling them, you need to go out there and work my field. Two different times, two different events, because in the end time, he said, the angels are the reapers. Watch out. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out his out of his kingdom all things that offend. Now, wait a minute. There again we go. Because somebody offended you, you can't kick him out. Hmm? Because he said he's going to deal with all things, not just all people, but all things that offend. And he's going to separate them out. We don't have to worry about separating. You know, he tells us in, in, in Psalms, amen, great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Amen. So if we, we will apply that in our lives, amen, then we don't have to worry about those things that offend. And those things are things that people choose to do, decide to do the iniquity that we choose to continue to walk in against the word of God. See, and he said, I'm, I'm going to separate all those things because the scriptures tell us no sin will enter in to heaven, into eternal life. Can you imagine being a sinner for eternity? That'd be a hot mess. That'd be crazy. No, they're going to be a hot mess, but it ain't going to be in heaven. Amen. It ain't going to be, you know, with him for, forever. So we begin to look at these things. He said he was, you know, gather out of his kingdom, not your kingdom, not my kingdom, out of his kingdom, all things that offend and them which do iniquity. It's all going to be gone. He's going to deal with it. Tell somebody about you. He's going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I don't want you to have to say to somebody, he's going to deal with me. Right? But it is true. Amen. Because he's going to deal with the righteous too, and they're going to receive their reward. You know, so we look at this, and he said, and, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire where there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall he, shall, shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He, I mean, who hath ears hear, let him hear. If you have ears to hear, let him hear. So we got to let them grow. Right where they are. Right next to you. We got to let them grow. 
We, 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 we can't pluck them up. We can't put them in the fire yet. In fact, we're not going to put them in the fire at all. We're not going to be the one doing the separating. He is. And as he sends his angels to do the separating. So what is our job? You know, as he explains all this, you know, and it comes down to the final harvest of the saints from the church and the separation of the children of God from the the children of the wicked one. All this is taking place, you know, and, and God's doing all these things. Where are we? How do we respond in the here and now? What is our job? What is our response? Since the scripture makes it clear, it's not our job to pass judgment. It's not our job to deal with the tares that are amongst us. Amen. And again, we got to keep checking ourselves. Right? We got to keep checking ourselves. Because we, 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 we can size somebody up in a heartbeat. Come on now. We, yeah, we can. We, we can size them up in the glass and don't let them do something. Don't let them do something. I knew it. They just confirmed. Huh? They, they, they just confirmed. What did they confirm? They confirmed they need Jesus just like you. That's what they confirmed. Amen. So how do we respond? Amen. You know, as, as we deal with these things, amen, with those who are, are, are not in the faith like we are. Maybe they're not. They don't have faith at all. How do we, how do we, how do we deal with them? What do we do? Amen. Because he just took our power away from us to judge them, to separate them. He said the, the word take that power away, man. What we must do is follow the word of God. That's what we must do. Look what it says in Romans 14, first five verses. It says, him that is weak in the faith, receive ye. I said, what you mean? What you mean I got to receive them? They weak. I don't like weak people around me. I don't like people struggling around me. Why? Are you scared it's going to rub off? Can you help them? Huh? Can, can you be a light? Can you be an encourager? Amen. Can you, you, you come alongside and be a mentor? Or is that too much work? us to do you know we look at this amen he he said he said receive ye but not to doubtful disputation in other words you know you disputing about this or that you doubting who they are and what they can do and why they're doing what they're doing and you got your own they they just need to be lining up with with the way you think you know he said don't don't receive them like that receive them where they are just like he received us where we were and then he goes on, for one believeth that he may eat all things, another who is weak eateth herbs. Now, you know, I'm not a vegetarian by any stretch of the imagination. But because I enjoy meat, okay? I enjoy being carnivorous. Amen. That's what it is. I have no right to hate on the one that's truly a vegetarian. Amen. Truly vegan. 
or as you say, a herbivore. I, you know, that's what they are. They eat grass, plants, salads, beans, grain. No meat. Notice I say the ones that are truly vegan. You know, they don't have an off day. Which I, you see, I hear it on both sides. A cheat day, right? How many of y'all got them cheat days? It's just not the, it's just not the vegans, but even on our diets, we like a cheat day. Right? She said, absolutely. You know, but, you know, we, we can't be down on people because they don't do it like we do it. They don't eat like we eat. They don't, they don't like what we like. Because he goes on, he said, you know, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And you can apply this to any variance that you're dealing with in people's lives. Amen. Don't despise him. What the word say? Don't let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. And let not him that eateth not judge. There it is. Him that doth eat. Wow. For God has received. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I had to park there for a minute as I was going through this. You know, God's received him or her. Right where they are. I said, let me say it again. Right where they are. Whatever the the ism is that you have with them, God, the scripture says, he has received them. With all their issues, with all their struggles, with all their sin, he has received them. See, because when he receives them, now he can do the work on them. See, I I always go back and I I think about how the scripture says in, in Genesis, God made man. And he's still making us. You see, so so we don't have to do, again, we don't have to do his job. We're trying to make them saved. We're trying to make them change. We're trying to make them holy. We're trying to make them righteous. And all the while, we need to be holding up the mirror. Checking ourselves. Am I being the light? Am I being the salt? Am I being the encourager? Am I, you know, walking with them? Am I, am I, what is my responsibility? But he said, don't, don't, he said, don't judge him that eaten. God has received him. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? They don't even belong to you. Wow. Say, so how in the world you going to judge somebody? When it's not your responsibility. Say, so we we all servants of God, isn't that right? right. Say, so how, I mean, who are you? To his own master, he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. God, you see, we, you know, we, we drop him off. We'll let him. You know, crashing. But he said, God is able to make them stand. One man esteems one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be what? Fully 
persuaded in your mind. <laughs> in his own mind. See, we, we, we trying to get them to be persuaded in our mind, in our way of thinking, in our approach, in our understanding. No. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Our assignment is to walk in the love of Christ toward all men. That's our assignment. To be the light and the salt in the world. To be the example of righteous living and having compassion on the law. That's our assignment. Because that's what Jesus did. He said, we're going to be like him. Say, so what do we need to do? We need to pray. We need to pray for them rather than to pass judgment on them. We need to go to, as the word teaches us, and not talk about and write people off. We need to follow the word of God as best we can for ourselves and not judge others before the time. Scripture warns against judging before the time. Amen. We need to let them grow. <laughs> let the Lord do the separating when the time is right. Romans 14, 10 says this, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? Now, he's not just talking about your neighbor. So we've had this conversation, amen? Everybody on the planet is your neighbor. But those who come into the kingdom, into the family of God, they're your brothers and sisters. Now, he, he's bringing it even a little closer home. He said, why are you judging your brother? Huh? Why are you setting your brother at naught, setting him aside, kicking him off, writing him off? Why are you doing these things? For he shall, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account for himself to God. No one has to give account of themselves to us. Think about that. Brother Port, I just need to know why you're doing that. Why are you playing that piano when I'm trying to preach? Give, give account. Give account for yourself to me. We we'll call people out. Even when we go to, we'll, we'll call people out Amen. instead of putting it on us first. Uh -huh. oh, we we got to check ourselves. Yes, we got to ask ourselves. Because said, we all going to give account. I do not want God to look at me and say, why was you trying to make everybody be accountable to you? Amen. Amen. When I'm their God, when they're my servant. I, I just told you to preach the word. I just told you to teach them. I just told you to love on them. Huh, but they're my bride. Hello. So when you look at these things, he said, every single one of us is going to give account to God. 13 verse said, let us not therefore judge one another anymore. That's the word of God. <laughs> He said, let us not judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or 
occasion to fall in his brother's way. See that right there, we really got to think about. What or who has my judgment caused to stumble? If we cause people to stumble because we were, we were trying to hold them accountable. We were trying to be their Holy Ghost. He didn't tell us to be nobody's Holy Ghost. He told us we need to receive the Holy Ghost. We need to heed the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Spirit would never be offensive to people. You know, so he said, you know, don't put a stumbling block. This is what we need to judge. Is what I'm saying, is how I feel, is what I'm doing, causing a stumbling block to my brothers and sisters. Because I don't want to cause a stumbling block. So I got I got to check myself. I got I got to make sure that you know I'm not causing them to struggle because of my opinion of them or my feeling about their life. Yeah, we got to work on we got we got to work on this. You know, a, a stumbling block because you know I've judged them and I've decided that they're not worthy in this or in that. I've judged, but he said, who are you? Who am I to judge another man's servant? He said, just let's say it again, let him grow. Let him grow. Stop doing God's job. You know, he's not on the seat judging. He's still reaching out. He's still saying, come unto me. We must be careful lest we become the tear and the ones that we've judged become the wheat in the day of separating. We we look good. We look like the wheat. Sound like the wheat. Act like the wheat. But God knows the difference. And he wants us to, to be so utterly careful. We are not called to be the judge but the light in a dark world. That's what we're called to. Psalms 75 and 7 says it. But God is the judge. He put it down one and set it up another. He's the one that does it. He's the one that, that operates in that realm. Not you, not me. But we got to get to that place. Say, okay, well, God, let me get out your way. You know, I think about how Jesus, you know, when he he overheard his disciples, amen, and they were trying to figure out who was the greatest, you know, and they were comparing themselves amongst themselves, and, you know, and, and he came here in Luke 9, 46, and he said this, then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest? And Jesus perceived the thoughts of their hearts, not just what was coming out of their mouths. Notice, but what's really going on in your heart? You know, and he took a child and he set him by him and said unto them, whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you all shall, the same shall be great. So he's saying, okay, while you're trying to be great, what you really need to be doing is trying to be humble. 
What you really need to be doing is, 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 is taking the lower seat. You know, what you really need to be doing, amen, is not comparing, but checking your own heart. What's going on in your heart? That's, that, that's what he's saying. He's saying to him, he said, you know, if you're going to receive, be like the child. See, one thing we know about children is they just like people. Most kids, they just, they, they're not going to worry. They're not hung up with your hang-ups. Amen. If you're nice to them, they're going to be nice to you. Amen. If you offer them something to eat or a piece of candy, you, you're their best friend. You can be the biggest sinner in the world, but see, they're not judging you based on that. They receive, they take you and they receive you as you are in that moment. Unless you hurt them now, God gets involved. Let's just say, woe unto him that hurts the least of these little ones. You know, but, but he said, humble yourself as a little child. See, 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 we, we got to understand we as adults, we come to the place where we have rights and we have expectations and, you know, and, and we stand on those things. Amen. If anybody encroaches upon them, you know, we got an issue. And I understand that. I do. I'm an adult. Okay. But I need to humble myself in every situation. You know, I, I need to represent Christ in every situation. I need to not think of myself more highly than I ought to amen, amen. in every situation. But you're the pastor. I'm a child of God first. <laughs> and that's, that's the number one thing that I have to keep in mind. You know what? Being the pastor does not give me special privileges when it comes to the word of God. We all have to abide by the same rule. The same things that he's speaking, amen, to us, you know, and, and align ourselves with that. 49th verse, he said this, and John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbid him. What? No, wait a minute, this man is casting out devils, setting people free, <laughs> delivering people. But look what he said. Because he followed not with us. He wasn't a part of our church. <laughs> he wasn't part of our denomination. He wasn't doing it in Jesus' name. So, so but, but look what he said. Jesus answered unto him, forbid him not, for he that is not against us. What? Is for us. See, so what's he saying to us here? He said, you know, people come to the church, and amen, they, they, they're living a Christian life, amen, they profess to be Christians on the job, you know, they have, we have those conversations and all these things, but if they're not doing it just like us. Come on now, that's the Lord, that's the Lord. I mean, they saw this man doing works amen. worthy amen. of the kingdom. Uh-huh. He wasn't just professing and talking. They saw him and still they forbade him. No, you, you can't do that. Because you're not one of the 12. You don't, you don't follow my master. He said, you know, and I can just imagine that conversation, you know. It is, it's crazy. Instead of saying, hey, amen, you must have heard about Jesus. And you're doing great work. See, man, I, I thank God for you. Keep it up. Might come visit your church one day. You know, but no, you're the wrong denomination. I know you cast out the devil. 
I know you set the man free, but you're the wrong denomination. How, how, how silly can we be as, as God's people at times? It just, it, it, I, I, you know, I think God just kind of sits back and just scratches his head sometimes. Wow. No, he already saw it coming. He already saw it coming. But, but why are we correcting somebody who's doing a good thing? Because they're not doing it the way we do it. Mm-mm. We got we got to check ourselves constantly, Amen. Jesus had to correct them, Amen, concerning their thinking, Amen, because just because they're not a part of the group, and even they're they're thinking about who's going to be the greatest. When he just got through telling them, you know what, you need to come as a little child. Stop trying to be the great one. The greatest thing you can do is humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. We don't want to pass that judgment. We want to let them grow. So I just want to close with this passage and we'll, do, we'll be done. Because we too need to grow. We too need to continue to grow. But in Matthew 7 verses 1 through 5 he says this, judge not that you be not judged. For with the same judgment, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or wilt Thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite. Thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. You know, once you take that beam out, you might realize he ain't got nothing in his eye anyway. It's just something that was obscuring my view. My vision. But he said, you know, in other words, he's saying, you gotta check yourself. But he used that word, thou hypocrite. You know, I was listening to, it's funny because when I uh, came across that, I was like, wow. Because I was just listening to Pastor Tony Morris, I think it was earlier this week. You know, he, he was talking about that word hypocrite. And he says it goes back, and the real goes back to the theater and drama. And they would wear a mask. You know, and that's what the hypocrite, because they would hide behind the mask and they would act out being somebody else, being somebody different. You know, and, and, and that's what he's talking about. We hide behind the mask. Because we know for ourselves. Let me say it again. We know for ourselves. We got some beams going on. We, 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 we're acting spiritual. But we're intolerant. We're judgmental. I'm, you know, and again, I'm, 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 if, this, if this hits you, receive it. You know, if it just skims by you, check yourself. If it don't hit you at all, amen.
But we got these things going on, but we like to wear the mask. All is well. Brother Porter said, all is well. I'm not. <laughs> he said, mm, all is, I'm good. I'm spiritual. See, we, we should have to tell ourselves we're spiritual. We should know that. We should walk that. We should live that. It should be apparent to the, us and to all those around us. You know, and, and that's where, you know, I, I had a conversation years ago. You know, it was talking about this one person who will walk around and say, I'm this, I'm this, I'm the pastor, I'm the father, I'm the man of this house. If you got to keep telling everybody. then there must be a problem. Because if you were walking in that place, it would be very apparent to all those around you. And you would have to announce it to everybody around you. And it's the same as being a Christian. We should have to announce that I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God. It should be apparent to all those around us by our actions, by our character, by our demeanor, by our love, by our compassion, by our patience. It should be apparent to those around us that we're Christian. We should have the same responses of the world. Why? And this is why I say, let us grow. You know, let them grow. But let us grow. Grow in our walk. Grow in our understanding. Grow in our character as a child of God. Grow in a way, man, that now they can feel who you are. They can see it without you having to say a single word. Because you embody it in everything that you do. Every decision that you make. We embody Christ. Let's stand. So I'm going to ask this this morning, amen. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to ask you to ask yourself this morning. How am I doing? Am I weak? Or am I tear? How am I doing? And that's, that's, that's between you and the Father. Because he knows. Even when we, we've persuaded ourselves, you know, you, we were talking something about the other day, and we were saying, you know, sometimes we, we, can, we can tell a falsehood, we can tell a lie long enough till we believe it. We can convince ourselves that wrong is right, because why? We, we tell it to us, amen, we, we, and we get to that place to believe it. This is one place you don't want to lie to yourself. How am I doing in Christ? Your eternity depends on that. Not anything else. Not how much money you make, not how cute you are, how buff you are, you know, how much people like you, amen, how many followers you got on Facebook. You know, none of that matters when it comes down to your last breath. It's like, how am I doing in Christ? That's what matters above everything. 
And while I got time, I want to work on that. And I recommend why you got time, because we don't know what this afternoon brings. But we want to work on the now. How am I doing? Not looking to the left or to the right, amen, and thinking, oh, I hope so-and-so hear this word. Or, No, no, no. It's me. Everybody say, it's me standing in the need of prayer. It's me that needs to examine me. It's me that needs to check me against the word of God. Not my thoughts or my ideas or anybody else's opinions. What does the word of God say? That's the final word. So if you're here this morning, amen, and you know, you want to lay these things down at the altar, amen. You know, you need to grow some more. Man, I invite you to come to the altar. Lord, help me. Help me to grow. Help me to check myself. Help me to walk in what I know, even though sometimes I don't feel like walking in what I know. Help me not to give in and over to my feelings, amen, because they're separating me from you, God. It's not about Pastor David. It's not about Pastor Linda. It's not about Pastor Sam and the elders. It's about me and my walk with God. I can fool everybody else. I can make a stand against everybody else. But when it comes to God, his word lets us know he's not going to be moved. He loves you. He loves you with an unequivocal, undying love. And his desire is that you would spend eternity with him. I want to meet that desire with all that's within me. I don't want to let anybody, anything in this earth separate me from that. But I know I got to keep working on me. Because there's times, amen, when this flesh gets tired. This flesh gets weary. But yet, he is my strength. As he is yours or desires to be that we we yield ourselves and we we surrender ourselves and our will, our desires. See, our desires can be some some big issues to deal with. But he's saying, don't give over to those desires if they would take you out of my will. So, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we come to you. Hallelujah. We, we call on your name, God. Lord, as we stand in this place, Lord, we come into your presence. Hallelujah. We, we yield and we surrender ourselves unto you. Lord, I want you to examine me. And as the psalmist said, if there be any evil thing in me, show it to me, God. Show it to me, God. Lord, examine my ways. You examine my ways because I can't trust myself. Your Bible told me that my heart is wicked and evil above all things. And who can know it? I don't even know my own heart, God. So we call on you right now, Lord. By your spirit of the Holy Ghost, that you would speak. That you would speak to me. Lord, let us be able to hear that still, small voice that has come to rescue us from the destruction that the enemy 
wants us to fall headlong for. Lord, we know that you're able right now. You hear us, Lord, and you know our hearts, God. You know our struggles. You know our sins. You know, hallelujah, the very thoughts and the intents of our heart. And Lord, we come to lay it down before you. Lord, I, I pray not just for those at this altar, God, but each everyone under the sound of my voice. Lord, that your, your spirit would pierce the darkness, hallelujah. That it would go in and bring light in those places, Lord, where the light has been shut out. Enlighten and illuminate our, our spirit, man, to rise up. To walk in the ways, God, that you want us to walk. To walk in the love that you want us to walk in. To walk in the forgiveness that you want us to have, God. To have compassion for the lost. Hallelujah. Allow the conviction of your word to come into our lives whenever it is needed. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you're long-suffering in our lives. In my life, God, you're, you're long-suffering, God. Because you're not willing that any should perish. So you give us another day and another day, another opportunity, Lord, to come and to lay it at your feet. To receive your strength. To receive your guidance and your instruction, God. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Linda's prayer that we would receive a a rhema word from you. I pray over, the, over every individual God that your spirit will speak to them right where it needs to speak. Lord, to, to break the strongholds, God, to break, hallelujah, the, the places, Lord, where the enemy has hold, a grip in any of our hearts, Lord, and that we would trust you. That we would trust you. Lord, that we would trust, even though we don't see how it's going to work, even though it doesn't make sense, even though it makes me uncomfortable in this flesh, help me, help us, Lord, to trust you, that you know what you're doing. You know what's best for us far above what we think we know, because you know the end from the beginning, God. So we thank you right now. I pray your blessings over each and every one of us. That you would have your way, that your spirit, Lord, would have free course in our heart, our mind, our thoughts. As you order our steps to draw us closer to you. And as we get closer to you, God, we can't help but get closer one to another. Because it's by your spirit. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank 